Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. It is trade deadline day. The deadline has come. It is gone. It is four hours old. Uh, we're past it, and I am still refreshing Twitter, Andy, checking to make sure nothing else has happened. It, 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 it has been happened. a it wild. This is a good one. This was a, this was good, a good one. one. Like, uh, the Porzingis trade really kicked things off, and I think some of the other teams around the league just got inspired. This is fun. And, like, most of the big action happened in the Eastern Conference. Uh, most of the, the deals that would make a difference got Tobias. Every one, of, except for Boston, and this is something we'll get to because Boston didn't make a trade in part, I think, to hold on to stuff to go get Anthony Davis. Um, so Philly picks up Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. Keeping in mind, they already picked up Jimmy Butler, which is a thing. But they get Tobias Harris and Boban. Mm-hmm. Well, they're a package deal. (laughs) They are. Those two love each other. Tobias, Boban is is his James Jones, like like James Jones with LeBron. Yeah, or like uh, today. God, I feel bad for both of them because they ended up getting waived. But Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin got traded together. Three times. Three times. And then both of them got released. Yes. I mean, like, they basically were Sean Marion and Marcus Banks, except they ended up unemployed. (laughs) And again, I feel terrible for them. They should go sign together in Europe. Yes. Or something. But like that was crazy. But yeah, Boban and Tobias Harris, uh, they're like a thing now. And so you got that. And then uh, Marcus all went to the Saul Raptors. goes to the Raptors. And in Miritich. A w- in a way that doesn't really weaken the Raptors Not at all. really. It was, uh, it was DeLon, DeLon Wright, Wright, Jonas Valanciunas. Who uh, is, becomes obsolete with the arrival of Gasol. CJ Miles and, a, and I think a draft pick. pick. So, I mean, DeLon Wright's really the only guy that they might miss. Right. And so, but you do that. Yes. Um and so and then uh the the Bucks who have been unbelievable Ooh. pick up Miritich who was Ooh. a great fit. That was a That is a fun, fantastic trade. That guy in Budenholzer's system with Greek Freak is going to be shooting about 80% from three. You would think. And he moves the ball well, he's a good yes. rebounder. So everything works out there and it's like it's funny. I was looking at 538 and the Obviously, the Warriors have the best odds to to win a title, uh, rightly so, over 50%. But the next two teams are both Eastern Conference teams at 14%, um, which, you know, so that would be Toronto and Milwaukee. And so you look at that, and basically, someone can correct my math, but if the Warriors have like a 50% chance and they give the Raptors and the Bucks each like a 15% chance, so if you put it into a – they're the only two teams left, it's like a 70-30 which sounds about right to me. Like I, I don't think that the Bucks as constructed and the the Raptors as constructed. I don't think that's a walkover no, for Golden State. I, Those are I two agree. good teams I who agree. can do some interesting stuff. So uh, that was cool to see. And the Eastern Conference semifinals and finals are going to be awesome. Oh yeah, I'm no these should, these should be really really first good round less good. Yeah. I mean, you got to walk before you run if you're the East. Right, but so that that was exciting. Anyway, the Lakers uh, did not. Get Anthony Davis. We got that great Anthony Davis meme of LeBron looking at Anthony Davis like the bad boyfriend and everybody on the team looking at LeBron. <laughs> that was cool. Um, but they didn't get it after offering basically everybody except for Svee, who was eventually traded, and Isaac Bonga, who's probably like WTF. And JaVale McGee. And Apparently JaVale, McGee JaVale was untradable. left out of everything. Um, doesn't make enough money, I guess. I don't know. But the, So it was everybody for Anthony Davis, and it didn't happen. They did make two small trades, so we'll talk about those first. Um Reggie Bullock and Mike Mascala are in. Svi and Ivica Zubats and I believe a second rounder yes. are out. And Michael Beasley mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, is out as well. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, he, uh, he had a f- uh, falling out with Luke Walton. It seems. He was uh, one of a few players that was part of that locker room dust-up that was reported after Saturday night's last Saturday night's loss to the Warriors in the Bay Area. Seemed like he was a main yes component, which of is it. interesting. Second just, time this year he's blown up. A yeah, ex- exactly. And it's interesting just because Beasley a came into this season very outwardly determined to change that part of his reputation, but also too has seemed like he's grown close to both his teammates this year and Luke. Like he and Luke have and often look, seen one might not really have anything to do with the they other. They may not. Just I'm just saying like it's just salary interesting. Bell, whatever it was, but I, I, you know. oh, no, I have a feeling it's got at least. Well, a little I mean, bit but to also do too, it. if you line up the guys like in order of expendable least, like they need Lance more than they need Beasley. They need obviously Rondo far more than they need sure. Beasley, and the money for Rondo was too big. You start just you line these guys up and it makes sense that way. Uh, but anyway, so big picture, the Lakers add 
uh, shooting, which they need. Uh, yes. Muscalis is not – he's a guy who came in into the season, I think, at like a 38% three-point shooter. He's been not so good this year, but at least by reputation. He's, he's 36.5 on his career. A stretchy guy, yes. and that's down this year from years before. 37 is about league average. So if you're talking about a big who's up near 40 – that can be uh, a big difference, especially on this Lakers team. And then Bullock, and you wrote about this for the Athletic, which is which I thought was interesting. The, what made the Bullock thing interesting and 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 good beyond the idea that Reggie Bullock is a good player who's a legitimate three point yes, shooter. Yes, he is a good shooter. Like the kind he is, like you know that that forty percent guy that other defenses recognize as yes. good. Yes. So I mean, part of the problem is even when the Lakers are kind of shooting well. They don't have anybody that makes you move. Lance Stevenson is having a career year from outside. You will always take your you chances always. with him. No, he, you will never close on Lance Stevenson. You have to close on Reggie Bullock, yes. which means more space for other things to happen. So the Bullock thing was good, but it was just like a regular basketball yes. trade. I, I wrote about that for The Athletic, and the thing that I really liked about this deal, beyond the fact that I think he's a good pickup who provides a desperately needed utility for the Lakers, is it was just a basketball decision. Magic and Palinka looked at the roster, and not that it takes much look, but they identified there's a problem with shooting. And I mean, something, I, I, something they should I have hope, recognized. I hope this wasn't the first time they noticed that. Well, I mean, really. Well, nice. guys, trade deadline. Let's take a quick look at what we got here. Whoa, we're well, struggling. For, I mean, we're cons- struggling to shoot. Considering the fact that they didn't seem to identify it as an issue heading into this season, it really may have been the first time they looked. It was. I mean, because I, it was I remember, something that everyone, everyone but them, seemed to recognize. And is a pretty good salesman. Like I remember when they, because they always do the media availability yeah. before uh, media day, mm-hmm. and that came up a few times. Like, no, but seriously, uh, do you? How do you think you're going to shoot the ball? And they, and he laid it all out. He told and us about Jonah the whale. Right. <laughs> And there was something about poetry the and E. Cummings and things. and But, like, KCP is this kind of shooter and Josh yeah. Hart mm-hmm. and the internal improvement for the guys. And you kind of leave it going, I guess it's I mean, okay if all of those things happen. Well, he's very good looking. And, and that's part of what helps. And then you get <laughs> into the season. a good looking guy. And, again, something else that you pointed out on The Athletic, like, there's the shooting percentage. It's okay. They're actually they're competitive. But then it's mostly because you realize LeBron had like a two week. It was LeBron. That that period where it was an uptick was all, all LeBron. LeBron. I like I did the math on this. It was all it, LeBron. Like if you removed LeBron, they went down two to three percentage points. So, but with Bullock, what I really liked was just this was a basketball move that had nothing to do with clearing cap space. It had nothing to do with an eye towards the future and some superstar it had nothing to do with a guy being a clutch client or you know having proximity to somebody else it was just a basketball it was move. like hey we could use a three-pointer oh they all, i mean i and i it's funny we were just talking about this you know before we started recording i thought zoo was a lot to give up from muscala mm-hmm. just because muscala while he provides a service that the lakers need in terms of outside shooting Zoo also gave them something that isn't easy to replicate on the roster. They need another center now mm-hmm. um, because Zoo could score in the post in ways that JaVale can't um, and uh, Chandler certainly can't. And now you go back to that thing where – Chandler can't even play like three games in a right. row. Right. <laughs> you're, you're down back down to a space where Chandler can't really go in the same way that he was when they first acquired him. And JaVale has not been as good since he came back. I'm trying to remember my head. It's been a little better in the last couple games, but – since coming back from, from the pneumonia, from he's the, been spotty. It's just not as good. So, and this is also – these are the most minutes McGee's played in years. Oh, absolutely. And, and so I thought that was a, a bit of an overpay for Mike Muscala. But the flip side is I like Svi. I think he could end up being a pretty decent NBA player. Reggie Bullock is already oh. a good player. And somebody financially kind of – like they actually could keep him. Yes. They and sh- it makes a lot of sense. And Assuming if, he plays well, they really should consider it right. because, again, they need shooting. They need players. But it just – this was the rare – instance where we that we've seen from this front office where you got to look at okay how would they go about actually building a team like identifying pieces around the edges of the roster as opposed to just okay you know what Anthony Davis is really good Kevin Durant is really good Paul George is really good let's go get them like it's like if all we've seen them really do is clear cap space which to their credit whether you they're, like they're it they're very good at that they're good at that very good whether you like it as an approach or not They've been good at it, and they've obviously been ident- able to identify like the top ten players in the league as really good. They're good, but, at that but too. that's not team building. No. And th- what I liked about the Bullock deal was just okay. They went out and helped build a team. 
sort of, even in a tiny little yes, way. Yes, but that matters because we've seen none of that. Zero. From them. Yeah. So okay, but let's let's talk about the other parts of it then, because obviously you know the the week has been consumed by the Anthony Davis. Let me just it? say one last thing, and then oh, we'll sure. get on to Go that. Ahead. With Muscala, if they don't make the playoffs, that's an awful trade. Yeah, you just you just punted on Zoo for who like, could have gotten you something else, right? I mean. Zubats has more value than Muscala, who I wonder if he would have right. been. Although it is worth pointing out, I, I mean, I, the cap stuff on this really, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I lose details periodically. Pretty sure the problem with Zubats is as a restricted free agent, sure. they weren't going to be able to keep him. I'm, I'm just but saying, he's, you're right. No, he's got more value. And then on than that. you essentially, then you're sacrificing Zubats to make up for the mistakes that you made in the offseason by disregarding shooting. One of those mistakes being bringing in Michael Beasley, who can't shoot. Yes, because in you, you had to do you had to offload this, Beasley this in this. Is crazy. As well. It also just shows the lack of imagination. Yes, though. like if you just because like if you think if you signed a Reggie Bullock type, a guy who can shoot to a two-year, six million dollar contract that you couldn't have flipped him at the deadline right. to open that cap Which space back up, which we've been critical of them right. for so before. Anyway, but let, let's get to the Davis thing because. Obviously, AD was the the primary focus, and rightly so, and the Lakers couldn't make the trade happen because the odds of them being able to do it were quite low. Um, New Orleans had, even with the the godfather offer apparently out there, New Orleans had, I still think, zero incentive to do it now because the worst thing that's going to happen to them, maybe it could all fall apart, the worst thing likely that it happens is maybe they lose a little bit of leverage with the Lakers, and instead of getting... All of those guys, they get like three out of the four or whatever it is. And if you're New Orleans, it's absolutely 100% worth taking the chance to get the players that you might like better, whether it's Tatum, Jalen Brown, the uh, the picks that Boston can provide that um, that the that the Lakers can't, uh, whether it's you want to wait to see if the Knicks get the number one and then do you, you get Zion Williamson out of the deal. Like there's just, you know, you have every incentive to wait and no incentive to do it now. So I don't blame the Lakers for not being able to get it done. The process, though, I don't know who leaked what to who, Andy, and how this got out. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, somebody it's, was clearly leaking something. It was like there's a goddamn camera. Like it was like we were watching like a reality show of people like embedded like you saw like i saw today there was like a live feed of shams sitting like in a room just answering questions to people like it was like that it was like the real housewives of beverly hills like we saw the whole thing and you know that's how we got that meme and it was a little obvious when they brought puck in i was just like what the hell is going on here like why do i know so much about what's going on here and as a result the the lakers um they they didn't get AD, but I think, and I I wrote about this, and this I, I want to kind of start here, and then we'll get into the the summertime and what we think is going to happen with this team and what we want. I think people are starting to understand, particularly given the forty two point loss to Indiana on Tuesday, which may or may not be completely related, but it's hard to convince me that it's not at all. It's not. It is uh, at unrelated. minimum quasi related. Right. And. Because everybody, including LeBron, looked checked out by the second half. And nobody would sit next to him. And I know realize I realize there are like contextual reasons why that might have might not have happened, but the symbolism Oof. was maze balls. I think people are finally understanding that the way that the Lakers have been doing things, whether you think it's right or wrong, whether you understand it, whether you, you know, it's just like it's the price of doing whatever it is, that there is a cost to this style, to having year after year guys on one-year contracts that aren't looked at as with any kind of permanence, to having young guys that are on the ones in the in the fall every year are told this is the future. We love our young players, whatever. And literally, like this is where Palinka becomes and Magic become the bad boyfriend meme. Like every star that walks by, they're like, whoa, and like you know, Bradley Bradley Beal. Anthony Davis. I mean, maybe they're not all in the trade, but like at some point, you're one of these young guys going, okay, um, they clearly don't believe in me that much. And then you look at how they handled Randall last year, where they basically chucked him out the door and what they did to Before D-Lo. the season even began. Right. And when, and the way they, they got rid of D'Lo, um, which again, context, understand it, opened up the space, 
price of getting rid of Mozgov. I get all that stuff. But if you're one of these young players and you see this, like eventually this stuff starts to wear. And if you're Luke Walton and you're trying to build a culture, how hard which, how much, which he he's trying desperately well, to do. Well, I was going to say he had actually been I think successful moving in that direction. He had built he had not built it yet. But how much harder is it when none of your players are permanent? All of your young guys think they they got one foot out the door even if they don't want to. Like this, And it's clear everybody's kowtowing to one guy. Right. And so or two if you count his agent. So now you you know the, Rajon Rondo said it best. He's like yeah, everybody's looking forward to Thursday, meaning today, but it's not like it just bounces right back to normal, especially because it's not like the the, the it's not even that the trade rumors are still going to be out there. For, it's the same bleeping rumor until it's it's still they're going. Oh, how many of these guys are going to be out the door for Anthony Davis if that's possible? To put this in perspective, a different way, Brandon Ingram, third year in the NBA, twenty one years old, is your longest tenured Laker. That's. Easy. But but that speaks to the lack of permanence. Yes, that's gone on with this team. I mean, like the this the all the guys who are tied for second were the guys who were on the team last year. Like I mean, <laughs> I mean seriously, yeah, you're, they're, right. They're, they're, you're right. <laughs> there's been no continuity. It's been so hard to buy a jersey, right? I mean, like, like if for, you if anything but a LeBron jersey, like it's forget, really hard. I mean, you, you raise a good point when you talk about the culture Luke Walton has been looking to build. Like forget just continuity in terms of trying to build on the court there's been no continuity culturally you know like in terms of the people that are involved because people create that culture right there hasn't been any of it you need the sense and this is where the the rumors about walton become problematic because then you you need a sense that god he's turning an old yeller i mean i mean we were talking about this the other day and like the point that he was making it's a good one it's like that coaches can build culture and they can have credibility and authority when everyone knows that they're staying. You know, when Pat Riley backed Eric Spolstra, that gave Spolstra juice. Because it's like, yeah, I'm LeBron James. Yeah, I, I make more than you. The guy who's in charge says he's staying. So figure it out. Like, he he's giving him... The, so the Lakers, by not doing that for Walton, make, make it's another way that Luke's job has been made harder. The bottom line is this. Some way, somehow... And I don't think it's a, a fait accompli that that Davis is going to be coming here this summer because I don't. You can't make New Orleans trade trade them to him. I am very skeptical on basically all of the big free agents. I actually think the one that has the most chance might be Kyrie, just because that whole thing is so weird. It could happen again. They cannot enter next season without a real team. Nope. They have to. Be, and if that means singles, doubles, triples instead of home run, home run. Fine. Yes. You cannot do this again next year and potentially burn the second year of LeBron's four years. Well, also, I mean, even, just can't even if it. LeBron wasn't there. Still can't do you it. You can't keep doing this. I mean, the, the problem with having cap flexibility is in some ways the same problem with having no cap flexibility. You can get handcuffed to it either way. And this team has become handcuffed to their cap flexibility. The irony of all of their cap flexibility is is they are incredibly inflexible with it. Like, they will not even veer slightly off the road in the way that they use it, which becomes very limiting in the players that they bring in. It becomes limiting in the culture that you're looking to build. And also, too, and I think this is a problem that's sort of bled into other areas with the Lakers, it makes it so everything that, you are, that you're doing becomes telegraphed. Like, it, what the Lakers have been looking to do since Magic and Palinka were brought in, has been so flagrantly telegraphed, and then on top of it, often telegraphed in an arrogant they way. Do, they don't. Oh, very arrogant. They, they don't do subtle. Yeah, you and know, it, it's Julius Randle. No, he will yeah. not be part of our future. D'Angelo gone. Not you know, not mature. Whatever. All this, and sometimes, sometimes being bold, decisive is good. Sometimes it being bold decisive is is great. Sometimes it's not. You make the wrong decision early. But sometimes it's just to be like, just kind of do it. We're not going to make a thing out of this. Yeah, I mean, look, I I tweeted about this at Cam Brothers. Like, one big takeaway from the drama that's led up to the deadline and, and where we are now is that whether you think it's a result of just petty jealousy around the league or self-inflicted wounds, and I would argue it's a little bit of both. both. Yeah, The Lakers have a perception issue around the league that they have to address. And part of the problem is because they, when Magic and Palinka came in, 
they immediately, you know, they immediately just started talking, particularly, and this is really magic more than Palinka, but I think both of them were back. We are back, and we are a premier free agent destination, and everybody wants to play with Lonzo, and then, you know, Magic does the wink-wink with Paul George, and then Rob Palinka does whatever he does on top of that that leads to them getting fined half a million dollars. Palinka, was never a particularly popular guy as right. an agent. You're leading to – you're creating even more of this cultural arrogance that the Lakers have always been accused of having in the first place. I mean, like, the attitude of Laker exceptionalism – didn't even go away during the Dan Tony Byron Scott years. I mean, they were still like pitching guys like Lamarcus Aldridge twice, trying to sell him on Hollywood. Like he gave us three years worth of podcast material. It was so ridiculous. And they they need to start internally addressing the way they go about doing stuff. And everything doesn't need to be this, you know, like razzle dazzle. We're the Lakers, you know that that exceptionalism, because I'm you know. Like you said, Rapalinka was not popular among his peers to begin with. And then you bring in someone like Magic, who, with all due respect to Magic and everything that he has accomplished, he's one of life's great stories. He's never done this job before. And he came in basically announcing himself as already won. And that's and going to do, piss off a lot of people around the versus, league. I understand. Like Basketball is 32 teams. I always get that. 30. Basketball, 30. NFL is 32. 32. It's still one versus twenty nine. Yeah, and and then there's like, there's and I I don't necessarily think they're doing it, but what I think they underestimated in terms of like looking at the Clippers and the Clippers like nobody would. I think they I think they're smart enough to be like, no, that's that's a thing over there, but you know there's just there's I think it is certainly possible to overrate the, the what what the legacy of the the Lakers means today. That was, by the way, people, a potentially very important text. Yeah. Well, did you ding or did I? I thought I was I on silent. Okay. I dang. <laughs> I just called it dang. I guess that's the past tense of ding. Yes. Um. I. I I wonder how much people care anymore about it's the Lakers. The league cares. TV cares. Do players care? And some probably do more than others. But you know, you got to look at the inventory. The Lakers haven't won in ten, won a title in ten years. They haven't been the playoffs in five. Um, everybody has the ability now to do what more or less whatever they want from anywhere. They all have the ability to spend the summer in California if they want. Anthony Davis bought a house here because he's rich. He could buy ten other houses if he wants. I don't doubt that he wants to play in L.A. Oh, I think it's been made pretty clear. Yeah, but like. Will he only play for the Lakers? Or at the very least, it's been made really clear. Rich Paul wants him here. Right? Is the is the only place that is like the only the idea that no free agent? Why would anybody ever choose the Clippers over the Lakers? Well, I mean, okay, they've I mean they've got to clearly have a good and competent front office because that uh, Tobias Harris trade was awesome. Um, they've got an owner who clearly doesn't care about making money and wants to be very competitive. Because I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. I'm not saying he doesn't care about making any money. But in terms of, say. they all care about making some of it. But like the franchise appreciation, franchise is there. He's willing to build an arena. He's willing to forego. Mo- very few owners in the NBA would forego a playoff spot, which the Clippers with Tobias Harris and everybody. So probably certainly would get in the playoffs now. Maybe maybe not, because they want three games of revenue or whatever it might be. Two home games. They won't give up that revenue. Steve Ballmer didn't care. He wanted. The, he want. He does. He'd much rather roll it into next year and try to get what they're trying to do. So that that is a level of competition and competitiveness and attention and stuff that other people, agents and stuff, notice. I've heard nothing but how good stuff about how they treat their players, all this stuff. Like the threats around the league to the Lakers are real. And I don't know if these guys are good enough at the other stuff yet to make up the difference. Speaking of that other stuff, too, because I think this is now part and parcel because clearly LeBron and Rich Paul and Clutch have a major presence within within that inside that organization. They've got to chill, too. Oh, yeah. Because Rich Paul, I think, badly, if not overplayed his hand, because it's hard to say exactly what his beginning hand was, but he swung around that hand way too much. And when you know, when you know that 
there is this perception that you have with the Lakers and that people aren't going to be wanting to do you fair or not any more fair or not whatever that's what's going on and then you've got LeBron very flagrantly crapping all over if not the letter of the tampering law for players certainly the spirit of him saying that he wants to be Davis's teammate you know then going out to dinner with Anthony Davis and it, what's very clearly an FU to the rest of the league and to the league it's office. A, right, it's sort of, even, even if you just look at it as a flexing of player right. power and, and all this, which, the, I, which I don't even fundamentally disagree with. I don't, I don't, have, but it, it's, it's, I don't it, have a problem with it, but the truth is when Alvin Gentry said LeBron is tampering, he's correct because tampering at its most basic level is destabilizing what other people are doing. And LeBron was making an effort to destabilize what's going on with the Pelicans. So then in turn, if, say, Brian Windhorst is correct about the, you know, the misinformation war, the information war that he was talking about with Rachel Nichols, that the Pelicans were basically just screwing with the Lakers and trying to create chaos for them, I'm not saying that it may not even be the most professional thing to do for the Pelicans in terms of their own self-interest. I'm not sure it's not, though. But I, either way, I get where it's coming from. Sure, and I, and I think the other thing, too, is it's like the Lakers, you kind of walk into these traps. Like you walk, I mean, New Orleans rightly believes that probably the, pretty close to the offer that they got now is probably pretty close to what they were able to get in the summertime. And so if you can make it harder for the Lakers to make that offer because other things are happening, because you're devaluing their players, because of whatever it might be, then you're, you're making your leverage go up. And so I, I, I it's all this, all of this could work out. Sure. The Lakers could make the Anthony Davis trade in a way that still allows them to sign some other guys. The Lakers could build a team that works really well this summer. They could sure. go out and, you know, like they could go with sign up what I think is actually a pretty decent plan B where you end up, you know, you make a trade for like a Chris Middleton type or maybe you sign Middleton and you make a trade for somebody on the level of like a Nikola Vucevic, like a an all-star, but not. An all-star. But like an, e- you, an Eastern Conference all-star. You surround LeBron with two really good players who aren't superstars. But maybe an easier fit. Maybe an easier fit in the short run. You can still think about how do we get that next guy and put this in. But, but you show up next year with a real team. The guys who the young guys who are left are the guys who are left. And like so th- this or you could end up with Anthony Davis and another star. All kinds of crazy things can happen between now and the beginning of next year. But the odds are just as strong that they're going to have to do plan B, and I don't know how good they are at plan B. I mean, look, the only evidence we've really seen of an ability to even think about plan B is the Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock. (laughs) Like, that's it. Again, I really liked it as a trade. trade. I really liked it as a trade. That's it. Like, but in, in, in context, again, context is a lot to do with this stuff, but that we've not seen. And I, I, this is this is we're in a space. It's a it's a darker moment right now. The Lakers are playing poorly. Uh, we'll get to whether or not we think they're going to make the playoffs and all this stuff. But like little things too. If all of a sudden Levar Ball is back, yes, and like making things harder. And like I got, I was so funny. I was I was listening to. I was on. I was listening. I was listening. I was on with uh, Mason today. Uh, you know, Mason and Ireland filling in for John, and we played a little bit of Lonzo. On his Instagram, playing the we the, ain't right going nowhere. Right. Like he's excited. We're still here. Like we're we're we haven't gone, haven't been traded. Hey everybody. Or or maybe continue. Not. I right. was going to say no, no. I was going to say there could be another message, but go on. Let's let's just take the optimistic view of because the pessimistic would be. would be me and my family ain't going ain't nowhere. Going no, right. No, that's that's very true. Um, <laughs> both are probably true, no matter what. Uh, so you have this situation where it's Lonzo and he's doing this thing and it's like, you know, he's, what is he, 20, 21, 21, yeah, 21 now. And he's making, it's like, and my immediate reaction was, dude, you aren't even on the floor right now. You should, I was that guy for like, I've been that way with Lonzo all year. And I realized I hate you again because <laughs> your dad is back. It's like the instant, you remember there was like the, a great episode of Modern Family where uh, the middle daughter or whatever, who like is super tense and like grumpy and whatever, goes off to camp. And like everyone in the family gets along great. And the minute she enters the house again, 
everybody's fighting in. Then she leaves the house again, and it's like, oh, I love you. And then she comes, and they realize <laughs> this is how LeVar is. Like, the minute he's back, I'm yelling at Lonzo. And, you know, and, and people like to discount it and minimize it, but LeVar's Le- Le- tour over the last week, he said, magic is just a face. Luke has ruined Lonzo and has turned him into a bunch, and Lonzo into, into a big loser. Uh, Kuzma's not that good. Ingram can't play. Hart none can't of these play. guys, Hart, none of these guys can play without Lonzo. And, Le- and LeBron ruined him. And LeBron ruined him. It's like that matters because even if you think the Lakers can ignore it, even if you think the uh, Luke can talk the guys down, and the guys, all the guys care about is what comes from Lonzo. Lonzo is great to us in practice. He would never say that. Whatever. You think you're 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 GMing in Phoenix, you're GMing in New Orleans, these places where you don't have the sort of the institutional power to keep Lavar down. Like you want that running around your city. See, again? I disagree a little bit with the Pelicans, just in the sense that they'll take whatever they can get. I mean, like like the sideshow. If the, but if if, the, if, if there's the, one team that Lavar could sell on his cockamamie plan to have all three maybe, kids in the NBA, maybe. but like if, the Pelicans need some reason to still be in the so, NBA. Like if you were there, could, broadly a lot speaking, of people, broadly a lot speaking, of people believe correct. that Lonzo is the center, but like the guy that they would want the most. And if they're saying we ain't going to New Orleans, I don't want to go where it's cold. But <laughs> that's a cold. Wait, weather did city. he actually say yes, cold? It's a cold weather city. When. Does he does he know where New Orleans I is? I don't know. <laughs> like I'm, I'm really asking again I, because Lavar, Le- by his own admission, does not I, put I much stock gonna, in education. I knew I was going to be on the radio on Tuesday. I knew I was going to be on the radio today, and so I had to go back and listen to the the interview he gave in Phoenix, the stuff he did on. Like, does he think it's New Skip Brunswick? Show. Like, where does he think this is? I don't don't know. <laughs> And I, I was put in a bad mood because I had to go back and listen. <laughs> it's to It's colder stuff. here. Yes, We're today trying it's to twenty stay. degrees colder in Los it's, Angeles. It's been today. freezing in L.A. It's really hot and humid, and the, the weather's awful in New Orleans. It's too gross and whatever. It's but cold ain't no. the problem. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, balmy. But, but it's like cold. it's 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 not good, and like you can't and like and now. It's just more bleep that the Lakers got to deal with, and Luke's got. But it matters if you're trying to trade the guy. That he's undercutting his value everywhere around the league. So but it, now all of a sudden this is back. Here's the thing: because too. of the chaos that is perceived around the organization, creates an opening for Lavar to be able to well, do that. Two two parts to that. First of all, we've actually now reached the point where Lonzo needs to take charge of this. Like people were willing to give him a pass last year because he was a rookie and he was just figuring out the NBA, and he's young. You know, when they first got him, he was still a teenager. Lonzo needs to take charge of this, and Lonzo needs to tell his dad to shut the bleep up. If if he wants him no, to. No, no, but here's the thing. Even if, I mean, even if he doesn't want to be a Laker anymore, like even if he doesn't care about diffusing tension, and I'm sure his teammates don't appreciate it, if he just wants to maximize his own career, he needs to tell LeVar to shut right, the bleep up. he wants up. to be traded. This is the exact wrong because way Because despite it. what I guarantee – Lavar thinks, and I've said for a long time that it's been transparently obvious that Lavar is using his children for his own celebrity and that he's in it for himself, and that's been incredibly obvious since day one, and it's shocking to me that it's taken some people so long to see it. Lavar sees Big Baller brand as a Lavar Ball brand, which I think most people do too because Lonzo never speaks and he hasn't taken off the way uh, certainly the Lakers hoped. But the reality is, LeVar Ball can't sell a brand. If this brand is ever going to take off, if LeVar is ever going to be the celebrity that he fancies himself as, Lonzo needs to reach his maximum trajectory. And that's not going to happen with his dad holding him back. The truth is, LeVar needs Lonzo way more than Lonzo needs his dad. And Lonzo's career... In that sense, yeah. Any sense. Lonzo's career would be 100 times easier... If he just left Big Baller Brand, signed some deal with Adidas, and called it a day, uh, and, and yeah. if he if he cares about this, or frankly, if he just wants to be the leader that you expect a point guard to be in the NBA, he needs to tell his dad, "Shut up, or I'm leaving the brand." And I, I'm not saying it would be easy to do. No, it's, it's a hard conversation, but, but he needs to do it. Like for his forget because it annoys us or it annoys the Lakers. No, but let's not forget for that his it annoys own, me. Sure. <laughs> it's a high priority. Let's keep that in mind. Poor but, Travis. But I'm, yeah, oh, God. Well, poor Travis, but there's a part of Travis that, you know, when LeVar is back, so is Travis. That's right. <laughs> but, Can't the, quit you. 
<laughs> but I mean, truth be told, for Lonzo, from just a sense of self-preservation, needs to tell his dad to stop. Uh, final note on on Triple B is I, I believe the news is out that those people who ordered their shoes in October that were told they would get their shoes in early 2019 have now been told they won't get them until May. May. You ordered them in October. You get them in May. Look, I, how is this? How is this? A, how is this possible? I told people from when when Lonzo was at UCLA. I told people this is a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> if you if you give these people any money, you're never the only people who ever get merch are famous people. Like famous people get the merch, and that's it. Um, if you order something, like unless you unless you go buy it at one of the pop ups, you are never going and to if see this, this is, stuff. If this is the kind of thing I heard. Like one a carnival bar. One potential like th- like spin on it is like by the longer you make people wait to get their stuff, like after they put it, it's like the more exclusive it becomes, and like it becomes like this thing, like a bigger deal. You get oh, you finally got you got your shoes. It's like, if that is true, and this is because I admittedly I am not the demo no. for Triple B. No, the stuff's too expensive. I happen to think their logo is stupid. Well, it's redundant. <laughs> it's yes. Your brand shouldn't be big baller, big baller brand. brand. It's a big baller brand brand. I mean, that's right. essentially what they're saying. The whole thing is stupid. I think the logo is dumb. Ninety eight percent of the of the stuff that they produced, I look at it and go, that is ugly. I'm not wearing. It. They're not making it for me though. That's no. not. For, I'm not the demographic. I understand nope. that. If this strategy is effective with the demographic. We are all screwed. That's all I have to say about that. I mean, look. If we, we are we are 100% screwed. These are the people that are going to be taking care of for my <laughs> old age. Well, I've already looked. You can and fu- they think it's okay. Like, it's, it, is, it adds an air of coolness for somebody to take $200 from you and not give you the thing that you bought for, like, a year and a half if you get it at all. I, that's not okay. And I don't want that person taking care of me. Look, I've already said... You know, and I, I put this out on Twitter a couple times. I've already just accepted the fact that President LeVar Ball is coming in 2024. Oh, God. And you can see, by the way, you can see some of, let's just say some similar patterns. Yes. They are not dissimilar. No, they're not. Those two. I'm not, maybe not politically. Politically, I'm sure they're very dissimilar. But, Although, certainly there's probably have some overlap. But, but in terms of just style? Oh, yeah. And, and the way you sort of do your brand? Right, the belief in never, ever... <laughs> Ever admitting fault or apologizing. Um, all right, so the Lakers... <laughs> or that the product just may be janky. Right. <laughs> <laughs> These are those it. moments where you have to decide like how deep into the <laughs> no we politics... Deep we went deep enough. For a, for a show that admittedly flies under the radar of Bristol. We went deep enough. I think we went deep enough. Yeah, but we could... We didn't get we into could, any politics. This Not is, really. No, we didn't. We this, could go so much deeper. I'm, look... I'm not going to. The... the the Trump brand of stuff is separate. It is separate. That's right. We're commenting on the brand. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. The I, I meant the janky brand. Right. I'm talking about steaks. like the steaks and the vodka that were apparently terrible. <laughs> the airline. Or the airline. Like those were janky. Yes. They failed. <laughs> if you went to school the there, New, your the diploma Atlantic was City janky. Casino. <laughs> yes. Like these are There's janky a business things. that shouldn't work. <laughs> a casino in Atlantic City. <laughs> those are janky. No, I mean those fail. Again, all, but that's not those politi- fail all the time. But that's not <laughs> political, though. No, it's not. Um, anywho, so the Lakers, it is hard to bite your tongue sometimes, <laughs> got to say. Lakers 27-27 going into tonight's game against the Celtics. Obviously, most of you will not have heard this show uh, until after it's done. Uh, the Kings are 28-26, and or uh, a game uh, above them. The Clippers are two and a half ahead of the Lakers. But uh, you have obviously made some moves that theoretically weaken. I don't think they're terrible. They still got enough good players, but they just don't have a lot the of Clippers. Top end. The Clippers. I mean, look, based on last year, the way that they played under Doc Rivers, with right. they're gonna, they're still going to play really hard. They're still, you know, they say they're not tanking. Right. The JaVale, the Jamichael Green for Avery Bradley deal actually helps them out a little bit. Yeah, Avery like, Bradley's been terrible. Avery Bradley's been awful. Um, you know, they got who did they get back for Harris? Shamit was really the only player. Yeah, he's been good. Back. And Wilson Chandler. And Wilson Chandler, who's not awful. No. So I mean, they they're kind of what they were with a little bit lower top end. So they're 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 five hundred ish, maybe a little bit better over the rest of the year. Um, Lakers, what number do you think they got to get to to make the playoffs? Well, it's twenty seven wins now. We what need to mention this. Is, we need to mention this by the way too because it hasn't come up. Uh, the, the Lakers are currently behind the Kings, and the Kings traded for Harrison Barnes. Yes, and they traded for Alec Burks. 
correct? I believe so. So they 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 made some moves. They made some moves. Uh, you know, Har- Harrison Barnes even limited in terms of you know offensively he scores. Right, you make fun scores. of him, whatever, but he's he's helps. He's, yeah, he will he's, help that. He team. can average you know close to twenty points a game. I mean, that's not an insignificant pickup. So. What number, let's start with this, what number do you need to get into the playoffs? Do you need 45? Do you need 44? 41 and 41 obviously is 500. You need more than 41, I think. The Clippers and the the Kings will both be over 500 at the end of the year, I think, or very close to it. I don't think the Clippers are currently five games over. I do not think they will be sub 500 by the end of the year. Probably not. So, do you need 42? Unless they just go into full tank mode. Right. Do you need 42? <coughs> Probably in that neighborhood. 42, 43. Let's say, let's say 43, which feels probably like the low end. People have been talking 45, 46, 47 most of the year. 42 means 15 more wins. Uh, how many losses is that? They've got 20, 54. My 18 that would be 54. 15 and 9, I believe, if I'm doing the math correct. Okay. They played fifty. They played fifty-four games, and there's an eighty-two game season. <laughs> and this is the sort of thing Carry we should have written one. down yeah. before. Fifty-four. Okay, eighty-two minus fifty-four is twenty-eight. So, I don't know. <laughs> they need to win some games. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, you sprung this on Pod- me. <laughs> you sprung it. Headline: on me. Podcast derailed by arithmetic. <laughs> We've also been really busy this week. Hold on. Let me just get a calculator out here. <laughs> All right. So the, point, play, the point being, though. They've got I mean, 82 no games in a season. They've right, played 54. Minus 54 equals That's 28, 28 games. Right. So to get to uh, 40, 43. They'd have to go 16 15. and 12. They'd have to go 16 and 12. You sure about that? Yes. Because I've declared it 16 and 12. <laughs> For the sake of moving this thing forward. I don't I'm think that's say, right, though. There's uh, 28 but, uh, games left. <laughs> let's just say it's 16 and 12. I mean, that. <laughs> but if let's just. Okay, so they got 28 games. Let's say, if they have to go like 20 and 8, okay. if they end up having to go 19 and 9, mm-hmm. 18 and 10, 18 and 10 feels ambitious with the schedule that they have. They were 8. Well, and 18 it, and 10 would get them to 45 wins. Perfect. Let's do that. Did that math really quick. Let's 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 use forty five. That's because I had also gotten sixteen and twelve, which was correct for forty three. Sweet, that was good. I was right. I know, but you were so guessing. There's a reason we do this, and we don't work at like the Jet Propulsion Lab or something <laughs> like that. Um, they had an eighteen and nine run before LeBron got hurt. They were thirteen and five with their preferred starting lineup, but that starting lineup is gone because Lonzo's not back until at least after the All Star break. Um, and we have heard n- nothing about when he might be back. Well, except for that Instagram post. Right. 18 he ain't going nowhere. So what we decide, 18 and 10? Yes. That's <laughs> – is that doable? For God's sake. Think they'll do that? I think they can. If everybody stays healthy, I think they can. Because I think just the additional shooting alone from Bull- – like assuming Bullock didn't leave his shot in Detroit, just the shooting alone will help. I mean, like, think of the games that they've managed to win with no shooting. Like, I think I think just that in and of itself will help. Hopefully, if they can just at least get themselves back on track mentally after all the chaos that had been going on leading up to the deadline, which I, I think for some guys will be easier said than done. And at some point, you know, like, I think Magic and probably even LeBron, they, they need to have some type of meeting with the team. And they, they like... They've got to get everybody back on the same page because it is important that they make the playoffs. I agree. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not saying they have to win a title. They're not going to. But you don't, want to, you don't want to end up having this first year of LeBron and everything that you did to get to this point where you end up missing the playoffs anyway. For that, you could have potentially just kept all your assets. No, I, I agree with you. I'm still looking at the standings here. Let's – do you think if they got up to the seven, which I don't think they can, because that would require jumping Utah, who's starting to play better, or for like a team like San Antonio to really fall, I don't necessarily see why they would. Um, can they? How far can they go? If they end the eight, Golden State's going to end up. They're playing so well, they're going to end up as the the number one team. This team is not going to be Golden State. No. I think it's a five game series at the most. 
because they're not screwing. They, they will not do the thing where they allow LeBron to. No. Oh, no. They're not screwing. No, they, they, are, they are not going to be disengaged They are going LeBron. to be highly motivated yes. to wax him. Completely agree. Can they beat Denver? Can they beat Oklahoma City? I will say this. If they end up against – no, I don't think they can beat the Thunder. But if they end up against Denver, the advantage they're going to have is, A, LeBron. LeBron. But, B, they've got way – even with the youth on this team, they have more playoff experience in LeBron and in Rondo and even somebody like JaVale McGee than the rest of the team. Correct. I mean, like, there is no real ex- – there's no real playoff experience in Denver. I don't think there's any. And that will – I think that can matter, particularly when you're going into your first – your first trial by fire with the playoffs is against LeBron. That's going to be intimidating to some of these guys. Rightly, it will be intimidating. I still pick. I mean, I picked Denver to win. But you're asking but yeah, me if like, I could, if right, I could sure. picture an upset. That would well, be this the is because this is and it's like he's just that good. Yes, like LeBron dragged the, that Cleveland team. Or even the even last somebody year. like Lance having playoff. Lance has been through playoff battles. The only that, guy that will matter. Here. The only guy on that team that matters that really has any significant playoff experience is Paul Millsap. That's not enough. No, like Jokic ter- has never been there. Murray has never been there. Uh, Will Harris, Barton, none of these guys. I don't think Barton technically, well, maybe he went with Portland, but not really. Yeah, I mean. They, uh, Beasley, no. Morris, no. Lyles, no. There's not a lot there. So I think that that gives the Lakers, I think, an opening. They wouldn't be favored unless they just, re- like, unless it just started clicking. And you're looking at it and going like, okay. Because if they're actually clicking, they become dangerous, I would say, against yeah. probably Garrett anybody. Was but the other guy I couldn't remember the clip. They, they become dangerous, at, I'd say, against anybody other than Golden State. I mean, this is, this is the and they this really is, this click. is the whole point. Like, it's like, well, we have LeBron. Well, we have LeBron allows you to think of many things are possible. Not beating Golden State, not that crazy, but like you can kind of talk yourself into all sorts of stuff. Sure, and yeah, we've got LeBron. Yeah, because he's that good. And yes. as Sedano pointed out when we were sitting talking before, like post All Star break, LeBron is different than pre All Star break, LeBron. Now, like if we thought he was good before, and he has been very good this year, assuming his health, assuming maintains. his health is okay, and he can turn it up like this, the LeBron that we've seen is the kind that could, you know, eighteen and ten. If that's he's got the number in his head, he knows exactly what he needs to do to get the Lakers to this spot. He can do that. Speaking of that, though, really quick before we go, because, I mean, that's part of leadership. That's part of why you brought in LeBron. That Instagram post that LeBron had about Harrison Barnes, you got to be kidding me, man. Like, you really, you got to be kidding me. Like, for people who aren't aware, uh, Harrison Barnes got traded to the Kings. It uh, appeared to be in the middle of the game. Middle of the game. And depending on who you hear it from, he was aware of the possibility, said he wanted to play anyway. Or you hear he had no idea it was going to come. But either uh, they way, did pull him off the floor. Right. But either way, like you're seeing this Chiron like up during the actual broadcast right. that Barnes has been traded. And LeBron leaves this Instagram post that says, so let me guess. This is cool because they had to do, they being the Mavericks, what is best for the franchise, right? Traded this man while he's literally playing in the game, had zero idea. I'm not knocking you traded him because it's a business. You have to do what you feel is best. But I just want this narrative to start to get real change and not when a player wants to be traded or leaves a franchise that he's selfish or ungrateful, but when they trade you, release, wave, cut, et cetera, et cetera, it's best for them. I'm okay with both Both honestly, truly am, but let's call a spade a spade. I get, Brian, what LeBron is saying. In he's terms, not wrong in yeah. broad terms. And, and some, I think it's a little less than it was maybe 10 years ago when LeBron did the decision, but there still can be this disconnect between the way teams are regarded making trades versus players no wanting question. to be traded. Ze- no question. Having said that, you know what it looks like when LeBron looks more outwardly sympathetic to Harrison Barnes, who he has no real relationship with, or, you know, more discreetly, Anthony Davis, who LeBron's really talking about here. He's not really talking about Why, Harrison don't Barnes. Stop picking on my guy, Anthony right. Davis. Then any of the type of support or sympathy he's offered his actual teammates who've been in the middle of all this chaos that – one way or another, revolves around him. Yes. When LeBron has been asked about this, his response has basically just been like, uh, well, "Look, I've never, I've always been too good to be traded." Right. I mean, so like this is a tough thing, you know. It's what I, people I go know, through. I it's the business. Me, but like, you know, I've never, it's never happened to me because like, I'm awesome. Honestly, LeBron's leadership during this period has not been good. It's it just, it just hasn't, or no. certainly not outwardly good. He's, it's, he's had no. an opportunity to say more of the right things, quote unquote. I just, I, I think that the he whole, hasn't really the whole jumped thing. On. 
we talked about this before, uh, before the season. It's different being good. It's different being the Lakers. It's different story. LeBron on your team is graduate level team management, mm-hmm. especially LeBron now, who is more empowered than he's ever been. Yes. Rightly that, so. Right, he's earned, earned every every part of it, and yes. I think ultimately it's great for players. Uh, you can argue about good for the league, bad for the league, good for fans, bad for fans. No. That's not it's not LeBron's job to think about what's like the what he is. I think ushering in the kind of attitude uh, that players owning their own careers. Godspeed, good yes. for you guys for doing. No, it. he's been incredibly influential, and frankly, I admire him a lot for. But it. having him on your team is graduate level team management, and this is a very new group uh, that that run the Lakers right now. And I don't know, and I don't, I don't know enough to know what's going on inside the building. I do, just from watching, question whether or not. Well, you know what it they, looks like if nothing else. Well, just do you think they right and truly understood what they were getting into? Obviously, sign them either way. But do you think they really understood what this was going to be? I don't know if they did. I'm not sure they could until you experience it. I mean. I don't know. To some degree, they should have had an idea. Certainly, Jeannie should have because she was there for the Kobe years, and you and I were. Kobe's different. Kobe's a di- Kobe was a different thing because the dynamic around Kobe, who came in as a Laker, grew up as a Laker, had an attachment to the franchise that is far different than anything LeBron I just mean had. that you had to walk on eggshells around no Kobe. No question. That's, all, that's there's all, some, all I mean. There's some similarity. And there was a lot of politicking but with the, Kobe. The dynamic, though, with Kobe was always going to be a little bit different because LeBron coming in – Lakers have never had a guy that the Lakers needed more than no the question. Guy. I all I meant was Kobe, at least for somebody like Jeannie or Palinka, because he literally represented Kobe and Magic, right. who was around. But I wonder, I wonder if, if they nothing. leaned on that, like, oh, we we've done. I know what it was Maybe like they to did. have Kobe. I'm just saying if and thought that was close enough to Maybe. know what it was to have LeBron. Not the same deal. The, the one thing I just would wondering. say though, again, and you and I both are really think that ultimately the power that LeBron has accrued over the course of his career is earned and positive. But the one thing that I think, and LeBron I think has gotten himself in trouble a couple times with this, the problem with having leverage is sometimes you always feel obligated to use it. And you can overuse leverage, I think, at times. Well, you just think you got to be able to play the PR thing. you gotta, you got to understand what perception is. you got to understand what – and to some degree, I just don't think LeBron cares that much. I think he is – he is. He understands that everything he does is going to be perceived, does or doesn't do, is going to be perceived as well. LeBron's making him do that anyway, so you might as well just do it. Sure. So uh, again, all this could turn out really well. Yeah. And it's still like there's the end, a you have look, LeBron James. It's a good place if, to start. If LeBron goes into a decided, I want to galvanize these guys' mood, I think it'll work. I think he can get everybody to fall in if he really wants to. Yeah, I will say the, the a one eight versus the Lakers and the, the Lakers Warriors isn't what uh, anything anybody wants or envision, but it'll make for a good week of television. Sure. Um, all right. Probably only a week. No longer than a week. First round takes a while. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. Well, I'll see what happens tonight. See what happens on Thursday, and uh, they don't win these games. They gotta win tonight a lot is of them. Thursday. You mean uh, Saturday? Friday, Saturday. They have to win Sunday. Actually, they play on Sunday. Well, I am glad to hear that because sixteen and twelve, been, Brian. I'd have been very early. <laughs> yes, to the studio. That's all I got. <laughs>